It began as a simple dream, one doctor with a passion for helping Oklahomans look and feel their very best. Today, Dr. Victoria Johnson is celebrating 21 years as one of the nation's most experienced laser and cosmetic specialists. Visit laserlightsc.com to learn more. Welcome to the 2023 FFB Awards Highlights. And First Fidelity Bank is on a tear right now. You know, when FFB hits the field, they always play to win. Welcome to a special presentation of Sellout Crowd, Conversations with Coach. I'm Bob Stoops. I'm taking time to talk with my friends and colleagues in the sports world to get caught up and to share some stories. Today I'm joined with Kirk Herbstreet, longtime friend and uh, now colleague in the media. But uh, <laughs> Kirk, before, yeah, right? Uh, for, former Ohio State Buckeye. A uh, five-time Sports Emmy Award winner. I'm going to brag on you, Kirk. <laughs> Keller commentator for college football games on ESPN and ABC. Thursday night NFL games on Amazon Prime Video. And the lead analyst for ESPN's College Game Day. Joined ESPN in 1996. Where that's where I first met you, Kirk, right? You were yeah. just started yeah. with ESPN. Talk about your beginnings there at ESPN in 96. Well, first, it's great to see you and great to be with you. It's cool you're doing this. I think this is uh, – I've watched you do your talk show when you were coaching and just saw you have a lot of fun with it, you know, and, and I thought uh, this would be something. I'm glad you're, see, you're you're having a little bit of fun dabbling in this and talking to folks and getting getting uh, staying in touch with the game the way I know you, I know you love to do. Um, when you think of 1996, I always tell this story. My, you'll love this. My, I grew up in the Midwest, just like you in Ohio. I, I knew Big Ten football when I was 23 years old. And by the time I was 25, I was on the game day set going around the country. My very first SEC game that I ever saw in person was in Neyland Stadium in 1996 when Steve Spurrier and the Florida Gators came into Neyland Stadium against Peyton Manning. And it was a monsoon coming yep. down, and it was one of the loudest, most intimidating atmospheres. I was just looking around, hearing Rocky Top. I was thinking the rain might dampen the atmosphere. They were out to beat Spurrier. They wanted to beat Florida. <laughs> Rocky Top was going on. I was yep. like, there's no way Florida can win in this atmosphere with Peyton Manning. And the very this is when people didn't go for it on fourth down. Right. You guys, Florida's moving the ball. They get to right around midfield. I, I'm just, might have been fourth and seven, fourth and eight. I don't it know. Was, it's obvious. It was fourth and eight. Yeah, like obvious <laughs> punting situation, pin them back. Yeah. And Steve Spurrier, who's way ahead of the curve, decides to go for it. Well, there was no analytics saying go for it. It was just <laughs> Steve Spurrier being Steve Spurrier. Yep. He goes for it. And Danny Warfel hits Riddell Anthony on a post for a touchdown from about 45 or 50 yards out. And it, we went from the loudest stadium I've ever been in to the quietest stadium I've ever been in. And it was almost like, oh, like at a blink of an eye, that stadium went, oh, no, not again. <laughs> well, it was it, like, yeah, that was awesome. Well, I met you a few days before that game, right, to interview yeah. about the OU Tennessee. I'm the D coordinator at Florida at the time. 
And if you remember, it didn't stop there. It was, there was like, there's 10 minutes to go in the second quarter and we're winning 35 to nothing in that atmosphere. Oh, oh my gosh. (laughs) That was, you guys were on fire and the offense gets a lot of attention in those years, but the defense, you guys had serious playmakers on that side of the football. What a defense. it was fun. So you were 25 years old at that time? Yeah. <laughs> How about that? So you're, you're, you, you've are you been with ESPN now this 26th season? 28th. 28th, 28th year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good for you. Doing an awesome job. Uh, you're the busiest guy in the whole country this time of year. I mean, yeah. not only college, college game day, calling college games, flying. Like, you'll leave college game day, fly to a game somewhere. <laughs> And yeah. then on Sundays or whatever, uh, your Thursdays, you're also doing NFL games. Talk yeah. about uh, right now, maybe some of the differences, college, NFL, how you manage that. I, I get the, the games a little bit different. How is it for you, though, calling and getting prepared for them? Well, it's, it's crazy to do three big properties. You know, the Thursday night game, and I'll, I'll grab yeah. my, my yeah. board. <laughs> yeah, here's my board for the, for the commander's. And the Bears that I have on Thursday night. I just got off the uh, Zoom with the Bears, uh, you know, Justin Fields and their defense and their yeah. head coach. And and I got my, my OU Texas board right here. So the challenging part, because I'm a grinder, you know, I being from Ohio, that's just kind of the way we are. And right. I wasn't, you know, in our business, you're either a guy like yourself, you know, a very, very accomplished coach or you're. You know, Desmond Howard, who won a Heisman and a Super Bowl MVP, or all these guys were all Americans. Troy Aikman, they made a monster name for their brand off of being a player. I didn't. You know, I played at Ohio State, solid player, but I didn't make a national name for myself. So going way back to when I met you in 96, who am I to talk about Florida and Tennessee, right? So my way of doing that was over-prepare by talking to you, talking to Coach Spurrier, talking to Philip Fulmer talking right. to Peyton, whatever, whoever I could consume information from, I, I would do. So I, I would at least go into a broadcast thinking I'm the most prepared broadcaster in the country to call this game or do college game day. So that, that's kind of where I started. Then I started to have some success, and I just kind of stayed in that lane because I don't know how, any other way to do it. So my reason I tell you that, is I've got this Thursday night game that most people do, you know, in a week of preparation. I got to do it in like three days. So I'm like overloading, yep. prepping on that. And I and then I'll balance out getting ready for my Saturday game. Then I have a three-hour studio show. So basically between balancing my wife, my kids, and my job, um, I, I don't have a minute much in the day for four months other than preparation for one of these properties that I'm working on. So I, yeah, you know, there's some guys that maybe are comfortable just showing up and calling a game, and they're knowledgeable enough to maybe get through it. I feel like I owe it to the game, to the teams I'm working on, to the studio show that I'm doing, just to try to be as informed and prepared as I can be. And doesn't mean well, I'm doesn't mean I'm right. It just means I feel prepared, and that that makes me feel at ease. You know, when I go on air. And I'm sure you put that board together yourself. You don't have someone else putting it together. I, no, you know, I, I, yeah. what I do is I have a, a company that'll put at least the names together, you know, on a board like this. And gotcha. then by the time I'm done with it, 
trying to see if I have a a board here. Uh, by the time I'm done with it, it looks like um, just a bunch of arrows and stars and yeah, marking. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a bunch <laughs> of different, you know, you know, it becomes something like this. We yeah. just write a bunch of stuff on it and all your you know, notes. Yeah, all my notes that I gather from from the coaches and the players and. The delicate part of that, honestly, is when when you tell me something in confidence. Yeah. That that hey, you know we because you know guys like you were really kind to me and opened up and would tell me like instead of talking like at a podium where you're just kind of you know saying stuff, you know I would come in and you would you would be real or coordinators would be real with me, trusting that I'm not going to say hey he said this. So the tricky part is using. Uh, helpful information in a way that you're never going to ever going to burn a relationship in any way. And I've never done that in 28 years and I never will. I, I could do Ohio State, Michigan. I could talk to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan players. They could tell me literally anything. I would never go and talk to Ohio State about it. So sure, um, that, that helps yeah. it. But then you got to figure out how to utilize that information uh, yeah. where you're not hurting the coach, but also <laughs> you're, you're sounding informed and, and kind of plugged in. Exactly. Well, you do an incredible job for sure. Last couple real quick to talk college football. In my opinion, just watching and it's only been five games. It, it yeah. doesn't seem to be as much separation between the few one, two, three elites or top to the rest. In other words, Georgia doesn't seem to be just so far ahead or Alabama or Ohio yeah. State. What's your take on it? Is that and is some of that because of the transfer portal? Kind of how do you see or just kind of that's how it is this year? Well, I, I, I got to believe the portal has has something to do with it. When I call these teams, you know, Oklahoma is an example, you know, where they were last year to where they are this year. You know, I, I think Brent's been able to to reload a little bit by by going into the portal and getting guys that, that instead of taking a true freshman coming in, right. he might be able to help. Now you got a guy that's played two or three years somewhere. and You know who he is as a college yep. player. So I think it definitely has helped uh, some of these teams. And I think um, the, the the behemoths have lost some critical players over the last couple of years. So I think the timing of it almost has created a perfect storm. Now, we don't know how good Georgia is yet. You know, they, they looked like this last year, but then they yeah. kind of took off near the end. But they had a quarterback that you kind of knew who he was. We're still learning. You know, all these teams, Alabama, quarterback, Georgia, quarterback, Ohio State, quarterback. You know, that like right. the one team we know is Michigan, uh, who's got a quarterback that, that won a lot of big games last year. So I think that's why it's created this wide open uh, discussion about who's the best team. Clemson, another team that's a behemoth. They're dealing with, with quarterback issues. Um, so that's why OU Texas this week, for the team that wins, man, they are in a really, really good place and become teams that, uh, you, you know, we're going to be taking even a closer look at in coming weeks. Texas, because of the win against Alabama and Tuscaloosa, they became a team that's like, what's going on with Texas, Florida State, uh, because of the way they beat Clemson and they beat LSU. That got everybody excited about them. So, uh, yeah, there's like Washington out west, Oregon, USC. I mean, it's a wide open discussion as we get to almost the halfway point. I'm with you. I, I agree. The quarterbacks, I know we always talk about them, but it is such a factor. Every year, the best quarterbacks, you got the best one, two, three quarterbacks. You got 
you got the best chance of winning a conference championship or a national championship, definitely. Yeah. They always, look at they're your great teams. Look at all your great teams. I mean, you, absolutely. You were always guys are, that spot, you know, they're in the Heisman or, or they yep. they were at, they were at the Heisman ceremony yep. if, if we didn't win it. So yeah, exactly. you're, you're, you're exactly right. Lastly, how do you see real brief? Cause you're calling the game. You can't, how do you see OU Texas this week? I see again, two really good, really good quarterbacks. And, and I see, I just, I know defensively, I really feel, Oklahoma is different than a year ago. Well, see, I, I, I'm going to have to call you later in the week because I've watched Oklahoma, but I think this week, at least as an outsider, I, I think all of us are going to obviously learn a lot more about who they really are. Um, I'm a big fan of Jeff Levy and what they do on that side of the football. You know what they're capable of doing, especially with, with Dylan. Um, they seem to have more playmakers around them. They seem to be in the second year just playing faster. Right on that side of the ball. And then everybody knew, uh, you know, Brent learned under you and Mike. I mean, everybody knew his reputation. He went to Clemson and one of the better defensive minds, one of the more innovative defensive minds in the game. And, you know, just looking at this team, the defensive line looks so different than where they were a year ago, which is, you know, better than anybody. When, when you got a rotation of eight or nine or 10 guys, you can stay fresh. I go back right. to your great teams. You had defensive linemen that were game changers. They they just they just were able to win one on one and and be disruptive. They look like they are, but now here comes Texas with Quinn Ewers and and a, right. and a young back and this Jonathan Brooks who seems to be kind of really emerging for them after losing Bijan. Um, so I, I feel like we know more about Texas just because of being tested a little bit. I feel like if OU wins this game, they're going to all of a sudden be a major splash. Uh, on the scene in the college football world, because right now, after the year they had last year, I think the college football world's like, I'm not, not sure yet about who they are yet. And if they go out and, and, and win this game, their entire world will change drastically because of the attention and the stage that they're about to step into, uh, on Saturday. So ain't going to be a great game. I mean, these games you lived, I can't imagine what it's been like to coach. <laughs> You know, these games that go back and forth and seem to be a one-possession game most years. Yeah. And as a guy calling the game, I'm just hoping we get that kind of battle back and forth uh, Saturday in Dallas. Yeah, it was it was great fun. You 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 can bet on that. But, hey, again, I'm respectful of your t uh, time here, Kirk. Appreciate you sharing with us. And uh, always look forward to seeing you whenever that is going to be. Again, you're the best, and uh, we'll keep watching you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Hope to see you this Saturday. All right, buddy. That wraps up this installment of Conversations with Coach. Follow and subscribe to this channel and visit selloutcrowd.com to find out about upcoming programs.